Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky, where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests. Our guest today, Lisa Castillo Tizabi, a dedicated social worker in the DC public school system. With unwavering compassion and a commitment to social justice, Lisa empowers students and families, bridging the gap for a brighter future. Join us as we delve into the inspiring journey and the transformative role of social work in education. Enjoy. So sorry, I, I missed the part if you said you actually commute to DC. Yeah, so I, I go in every day, but it's super close. It's right at the border of Maryland and DC. Okay. So I mean like right at the line, kind of. <laughs> isn't that close to like Georgetown? Like, no, from where you are. Uh no, I'm like right by downtown Silver Spring off Georgia. Oh, okay. So yeah. where the shark used to be. Because they're Discovery's yeah. not there anymore, right? No, they moved. The shark okay. might be. The shark might be there, but Discovery's not there. Where Where did you go to college? I, I saw on your list where. Yeah, I went to Nova Southeastern. It was a small private school in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Fort Lauderdale. That sounds fun. It was so fun. <laughs> you know, I was when I sent you my resume. I was I looked over it obviously. I was thinking, you know, everyone's like, where do you go to school? And I have to, you know, explain because it's small. And Don't you hate so that? Known. Yeah, it's Don't really hate annoying. Because it, it turns like a, <laughs> it's like a two second response into like a 20 second response. Like, why'd you go there? Is it specific yeah. for something? Yeah. And so I was actually reflecting like, would I, you know, if I could do it over again, would I go there? And was it worth it? Because I was in debt afterwards. but. I think I would. It was such a great experience. I like really came out of my shell. So you're currently a social worker for the DC public school system. But mm -hmm. like we were talking about with you going to college, was that specific? Like you went there specifically for that? No. So I was able to convince my parents to send me to this school um, because they had a dual physician like I wanted to be a physician assistant mm -hmm. and so they had this program where they would accept you to undergrad and grad and the grad program at the same time mm -hmm. so it was a guaranteed spot and so I convinced my parents you know like this is a great program like this is what I want to do and they were like okay I mean no they were not <laughs> that excited I mean, they were, but they knew it was so expensive. And so, but I was able to make it. And then after the first year, I was like, yeah, no, I, can't, I don't like this. I can't do it. I bet your parents didn't care at that point. I mean, you're already in school and they were just happy, just like every other parent. No, yeah. they weren't happy. They were like, okay, girl, like you got to hurry it up. <laughs> and so I, I graduated a semester early because it was just so expensive. My parents actually tried me or tried to get me to transfer. And I looked at Maryland. I went to UMBC. I literally cried on the tour at UMBC. And I, I, I can't do this. I can't be here. <laughs> the sun isn't out like 24 <laughs> yeah. seven. 
I like went to their gym and I was like, oh God, no. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I, I told them, you know, I'll graduate early if you just let me go back. So I did. And, and through several hundred steps, you, so at some point you decided to be, is it human, human research, not hu human development? What's, so what's your I, actual major? Yeah. So I majored in psychology and I did a minor in substance abuse. I was super into, I was not into addiction, but I was interested in yeah. addiction. And, you know, back then intervention was the show, at least for me in my life, it was. And so I thought it was the coolest thing. And I wanted to do, I wanted to work with people with addiction. And then, um, and then, so I'm the first one to go to, to college, my family. So I really had to like figure this out on my own. So one day I went to a professor like, hey, this is what I want to do. Like, how do I get here? And so he said, well, you have to go to grad school and you have to, you know, go to school to be a social worker. So that's how I ended up. I did my, my undergrad in psych and substance abuse studies. And then I knew I had to go to grad school. So what made you go towards, like, what was the linchpin that made you think social work? Like, finally, like, I'll just go to social work. So I've always been into the helping profession since a young age, since I can remember um, growing up, I wanted, I don't know if you would consider a police officer a helping profession, but kind of. Um, so I wanted to, at first I was little, I wanted to be a police officer. And then my brother got, when he was born, um, he was in the hospital. He has hemophilia, but we didn't know it at that time. And so we were in the hospital for a, you know, a longer period. And then I, being in the hospital setting, I thought it was so cool. So then I thought, okay, I'll be you know, a physician's assistant. And um, that didn't work out. And then I thought nursing, and then that didn't work out. The same type of work. And then, <laughs> I, I was uh, minoring in psychology at the time. So I just made my minor into my major. Okay. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. So describe a little bit about your job currently and what's your, your daily, I guess, life in the DC school system as a social worker looks like. Yeah. So I'm there. Um, so I meet with kids. What's different about me, sometimes like people will call me a, a school counselor and it kind of irritates me. It's under my skin because I'm not. The, the difference is I have a specific caseload. I have my handful of kids that are the students that I work with day to day. Mm. And it's about maybe 15 of them and they all have IEPs. Mm -hmm. And on their IEP, so they receive specialized instruction to address academic deficits. And then they also have behavior issues. And it could mean external, like um, cursing you out and throwing chairs and stuff, or it can also mean internal depressive or anxiety. But more so now with elementary school kids, I see that external where they're angry, where they're running. And so I work with them to learn to cope with, I mean, they're little though, but I help them try and like, figure out ways to cope with their behavior and deal with the trauma because they're not just no kid is just a bad bad kid you know just misbehavior and then I work to support teachers deal, to deal with their behavior with the kids behavior and what what age range are you working with primarily I work with third through fifth grade 
Okay. When I got into it, though, I was working with middle school when I first started mm-hmm. at the same school. It used to be a education campus. So we did pre-K three to eighth grade, and I was oversaw the eighth grade or okay. the middle school. The funny thing is, when I was growing up, like before middle school, not that I watch TV or much media, but it's always portrayed that high school is like the worst time in a kid's life. And I always thought in my opinion, middle school was like the worst time. Like high school was fine in my opinion, but middle school, it was just like, you've got puberty going on. You've got like, I don't know, just all these different things, completely different from elementary school. And then high school is kind of like, I don't know, you, you see the light at the end of the tunnel, whereas middle school is like, just like, sporadic in my opinion yeah yeah when I got into the schools I wanted to work with elementary and then I didn't get it but I got middle school and I was like all right I'll give this a try and see how it goes and I loved it I loved it because there's the kids are you know they think they're teenagers but they're still kids (laughs) and you can still kind of talk to them and they're still mature and it's such a beautiful like messy age but they've got so much going on. It's crazy to think how some kids really have so much going on in their lives and they're just so little. Yeah. And let me think what my train of thought was. Uh, do you ever, uh, it you deal just primarily at the school, do you ever have to do like the cliche home visits or anything like that? Um. I think it used to be a more of a norm or expected before COVID. Like I, if a kid wasn't in school for several days, I would, I would go and look for them at their home and, you know, knock on the door. Sometimes at the beginning of the year, we would go to their home. DC, they have these, um, like a meet and greet in the kids at the kid's house. It's the mm-hmm. thing that they do. Um, and we used to do that, but not so much anymore. Cause I know they, st- well, obviously you, you deal with the the IEP after it happens, but I know with IEP, mm-hmm. like usually you meet in the home, you analyze the kid, and then mm-hmm. I know there's like three or four meetings after that just to kind of like mm-hmm. set milestones. Yeah. But, it, you know, like, obviously, you know this, like when people think social work, they think like, uh, it's not Aaron Brockovich. I'm thinking of some like Julia Roberts movie where like the person comes Actually. to the house. Wh- which one? precious taking the babies away i haven't seen that one but it it's like the cliche thing where they call social services they take the kids away that's what you hear when like or that's what you think when you or at least for me you think social work um used to you used to i used to so i yeah i i wasn't one i wasn't the one taking the kids away i was i was working with the kids once they were taken away yeah so and and do you have to deal with that like uh where kids kind of how do how do i phrase this so in dc schools do you ever have to deal with the same kid let's say he gets taken away from his parents i would imagine the foster program would place them somewhere else in the district is that usually the case or no thankfully not dc has um a law where the kid has to remain not has to but the parent has the authority to say where even when they're removed where they want their child to go to school and so a lot of the time to 
not create so much chaos in the child's life, life, like they've already been removed, the district tries to keep the child at their homes, at their like original home school. That's actually pretty nice. And mm -hmm. they try I, their best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're changing. I mean, I guess you're changing the bus system, but it's not like mm -hmm. you're changing really anything in the classroom besides the fact that the child has been totally like flipped over and their life is in a brand new home, brand new people, and their mom and dad are just MIA. Um, so that we, we do see at school where I do have to call CPS, right? Okay. Due to concerns of most of the time it's like um, physical abuse or so sexual, even neglect sometimes. So what is, at, at least for, I won't even touch sexual, but what, what are like the thresholds for like abuse? Like, obviously when we were growing up, like spankings and all that stuff, that was like free range. However, nowadays it's a little, a little bit different. Like when I talk mm -hmm. to Kara, like no matter what the kid, let's put it this way. When the kid says something like, like something bad, like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate everyone. I'm going to. I'm going to kill Brian or something like immediately there's protocols, everything in place, which, mm -hmm. which there should be, but like, mm -hmm. she's dealing with like kindergartens, you're dealing with like first grade, second graders. However, there was a third grader who shot a woman in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. The teacher. She's yeah. Six years old. So I, I, that's why the protocols, I guess are in place, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to grade my, my uh, train of thought. Uh, I lost it. Uh, what I was going to say is, sorry, this is all going to get cut out, but I had some, I was going <laughs> somewhere. Uh, I got to look at the questions because I'm completely. Okay. <laughs> so let's just jump to what do you see as a common encounter or issues that you see with kids disruption in family maybe like poverty low-income families stuff like that what what do you think like is predominant especially in dc so my school is also a, an outlier so my school is predominantly hispanic okay and then we have like a few like a sprinkle of a handful of kids who are African-American mm. and it really depends. So with, you know, Hispanic or Hispanic students, there's um, poverty issues, a lot of attachment issues. When I say attachment, it means that the child was separated, you know, at some point from the family member and then they come here and reconnect and then there's no connection and dealing with all of that um another thing i might see is just lack of involvement you know if they the parents um you know they're trying to just meet the basic needs they're in survival mode and education is not you know it's like the maslow's hierarchy of needs right yeah like, we're at the bottom <laughs> we're like trying to meet that foundation and the school is like up here like it doesn't doesn't align. Um, and then with my other students, I was actually talking to Jonas about this, where it's so, it's really difficult um, when you 
notice generational trauma, right? Where it's like a cycle of just chaos, poverty. Um, it's really, it's really complex, to be honest. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know where to begin with the how to help because it's so much more than just me. It's yeah. Beyond me. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of like a vicious cycle for a lot of those people, right? Where it's mm -hmm. just like, just like you say, it's a generational thing rather than a, mm -hmm. so I remember what my train of thought, I don't know why I trailed off, but <laughs> what is the point of uh, calling basically child services when there is physical abuse? Like what are the requirements for that? So a lot of the time now it's when someone notices a mark or something, or a child might say something. Um, I, you know, what they say in DC, when in doubt, just call. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's beyond DC. Like, I'm not there to investigate. Sometimes I will ask questions here and there. Like, um, if I'm unsure of a mark and I'll ask the kids, like, what happened? Sometimes it's, like, very consistent. Like, you know, I scrape myself in the concrete. But at the end of the day, the goal is for CPS to support the family. Like, I'm never calling in hopes that they have a child removed. I would never wish that upon anyone unless it's necessary. But the, the hope is that CPS will go and support the family with whatever they need mm -hmm. to mitigate the situation, to prevent it from happening. Yeah. Because I was talking I, maybe a couple episodes ago, one of the girls I interviewed said they had child services called like three or four times, or yes, maybe Jonas, even more. We we listened to the we listened to it. Um, we went on an anniversary trip, and on the way back we listened to it, and we were dead silent for a whole hour. <laughs> yeah listening to it it was it was it, so it was difficult it was really difficult it, yeah it just reminded me of like the brute if you see bruises you land on your your elbows you land on your knees but like bruises like in between like your wrists and your elbow you don't usually see those because you don't land on those mm -hmm. and like if you see something like that it's kind of like oh I didn't fall down the stairs it was yeah like my I was slammed against the wall by my dad or my mom or my step parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of it, and there are situations where you just have this gut feeling like something is wrong in the home and they don't pick it up, you know, like they yeah. just breathe by it, not breathe, but they've said they've done their work and you can only do so much, but you keep calling, keep calling, keep calling, you know, in hopes that something does happen. And with the kind of vicious cycle we were talking about, do obviously they they're trying to support the families, stuff like this, but do a lot of them just see it as like daycare, like free daycare that the the public school is providing, and like you keep calling, but yeah, yeah, some yeah, no, it does feel like that sometimes. Where I come home, and I'm like, I'm taking care of other people's kids <laughs> all day. <laughs> I see them more than you know the parents. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, you mentioned your uh, most most of your students are uh, Latino. Is there any issues with like immigration or stuff like that that you have to deal with? No, no, not so much. Maybe when I was working with middle school, those kids, those kids, um, a lot of them did migrate here. Mm -hmm. And there were um, 
yeah, I don't think any of my current kids are, um, we call them newcomers. <laughs> newcomers, that's how, such a cool I don't word know about how I, I don't know how I feel about it, but we call our kids, like there's like a, you know, like an Esau class in it. We call well, it, instead well, of Esau, it's newcomer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and so we don't have so many, I don't have many of those in my, uh, my Esau, but um Okay, we we talked about all the negative stuff. Do you <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously I know you're not allowed to use names, blah 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 yeah. blah. But do you have any success stories that you want to kind of I, I know you you've been there for a little bit. You've mm-hmm. got to have one or two, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. And and when it happens, it's such a beautiful experience and it's such an honor to to experience and go through that with someone. Um, more recently, I've had this one student, my God, <laughs> last year was a terror. It was just so bad. And, you know, they, the person, she just kept running, just running out the classroom. And I just like quote it. And I hate when kids run, I feel so out of control because I'm like an idiot, you know, running in the hallway. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just, ugh, just like, can't. it's like, like you're adding thing. to it but you have yeah. to run after them yeah I just like I can't hate it but that was their thing as soon as they got upset walk out the classroom start cursing I don't mind the cursing you can call me a bit you know I don't care but it was the running and I said you know what I really got to lean into this child like I need to be with them like glue and be unconditionally like just supportive no matter what and validate 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 and you know she would come and hang out with me for breakfast I, I call you know I let her mom know like she she can come to school early like we can hang out um and so I did a lot I leaned into this child so much and then this year was such a success it was I mean a whole different experience and it was beautiful it was truly beautiful and I you know I think the child also felt the connection where you know she once said are you gonna remember me and (laughs) I'm like in my mind you know like how could I ever forget because not only did I see the growth but I learned so much about myself as well and that's just one, but there's been times where I've had like even middle schoolers come back now, high schoolers. I had one that was like, Miss Castillo, you were right. <laughs> Everything you said, you were right. <laughs> so it, it's, it's really beautiful. Even now when I'll like, cause it's in, you know, a very kids there, it's DC, everyone's walking. So if I come on the lunch break or something like I'll bump into somebody and it's beautiful. Like I've, um, I think at the end of this year, I, I actually did cry. Yeah. I think people grow is amazing. It's, and not that I it, take like ownership, but I'm like, I'm, I'm part of the process. <laughs> yeah. No, of course. I mean, I, I, I had an aide when I was in, I mean, I wasn't like a, a crazy student. I was just crazy, like not paying attention. So I had mm-hmm. like an aide or a IEP type type person but like i i can i can't even imagine like you've got the people that are uh they still need help but the one you describe it's so it's probably so much more rewarding because there's such a hard contrast between like you've got somebody like you said running around cussing you out throwing chairs and then like on the opposite side like 
they don't even look like the person that they were when you met them and that yeah. must just feel like I don't know like insane yeah it's really insane it's this very special feeling that yeah unless, unless you're in it <laughs> yeah because yeah. you probably thought where like when you first met this girl like I like I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with this and if future yeah. you would have told you like like she's going to be like this after a while you would be like no way like yeah. this girl but yeah. from my experience when you do that like you slowly change your uh I guess what you think your capabilities are oh like yeah mm -hmm. like running a marathon like like you're running a half marathon then you think yeah. okay I can run 13 miles I can run 15. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she gave me that whole process gave me so much confidence in my abilities and um yeah what I'm capable of I'm like okay bring it <laughs> and they sure brought it <laughs> but this year was so crazy this past year no, that's awesome and you mm -hmm. say you have like you like 12 people in your caseload is that about like, like what 15, you kind of deal with 15 but of those 15 I have the like the high flyers I have me I had this past year I had maybe three high flyers and I'm talking about like I'm seeing them five times a day five times wow <laughs> that's a lot and it's, it's a lot it's very intense wow that is surprising I'm going to tell Kara that she's going to be like five times because I mean she yeah. like her first year I can even remember I'm not going to say the kid's name but her first year of teaching <laughs> in like Fairfax County Public Schools like they just had all the kids leave the room like this kid yeah. was just having a breakdown and like I would just hear stories every day just like any other teacher's husband or wife whoever <laughs> so, yeah. and it's just like you were like it's burned into your brain like I it's sad that I can remember her kids' yeah. students' names, so you know it's bad. And Jonas is probably the same way, right? He could probably, he could probably rattle off like twenty names. Yeah, you know it's crazy. I working in a school names mean hit a little different. You know, the other day um, I was watching TV and I had a, in, like in the show there was a name of one of my high flyers and I was like oh god like I had some sort of feeling and like when I hear names like or like when I think of like names to name my child I'm like I would never name them like a Kevin. oh like, yeah, yeah yeah Kevin's are terrible <laughs> that is that is the what about Liam's do you have any Liam's I do <laughs> uh. I would yeah, not but, name my child Liam. <laughs> that's funny. I, I feel like you had this conversation with Kara though, too, just because mm -hmm. like you guys mm -hmm. have the same issues where you have like those kids that you're like, oh, I don't want them to have any memory of it. So I'm gonna name them the complete opposite. Yeah. Um so I don't this is just thought popped in my head. What are what what is like your number one way to cool down the situation with some of the kids? Obviously, it's different for different kids but like what's your what's your go-to tool games games maybe you can give me a tip listen a lot of the time I uh give them space so I'm like when you're ready I'm here and I'll like pretend to be fiddling with something you know I'm like you need to let me know when you're ready um and then we'll play a game you know I'll play uno the big one I also have a sand tray which is a hit or miss it's great but it's also so messy um you, you got to get that kinetic sand is it kinetic no because the kinetic sand is not does not it has doesn't have the same therapeutic power 
as yeah. oh yes 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 <laughs> it has to you know i got you it's got to fall out. through the sand yeah yeah or bop it i have so many i have so many bop toys it. in my office i my office is a playroom you've got bop it the kids say what is this <laughs> they love it <laughs> uh so i guess with your experience and obviously i didn't mention like that you have been through like and this this sounds bad, but I I think it's a great experience that you've been through eight jobs and you've been doing this for almost eleven or twelve. Is it twelve years? I well, I graduated college in two thousand eleven, so yeah, it's about twelve. Yeah, twelve years. Mm-hmm. And and you've had like you've worked at eight different places. Some that uh, specifically dealt with like Hispanic, and just because obviously you speak Spanish, but you you have so much experience from different levels as well, like. Didn't you also deal with older people as well at one point? Um, so when I first came out of school, I was at a residential home mm-hmm. and it, they were young adults. Okay. And uh, with severe uh, mental health issues, like schizophrenia. Okay. So, you, and like people who do with social work, people who nurses, social work, and uh, uh, developmental people are just like, I think, I don't know how those people do it. Like, maybe it's a personality type, but it's yeah. something that I think it would drive me crazy. Because I don't, I have patience, but I think I would just be so, like, sad every day. I think it takes a certain type of person. I always think that everyone has, um, like, a certain gift that you're born with. <laughs> um, because it's not for everyone. Like, Jonas is what, you know, when I tell him the stories, like, like you just let her disrespect you like that (laughs) 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 they're just angry (laughs) i'm gonna teach them you know like you gotta learn how to baby step (laughs) so speaking on that how do you think you balance your caseload with your personal life like how how do you how do you detach yourself like what's your perspective on that like when you come home obviously you talk about stuff but yeah, I'm really good about compartmentalizing. I can barely say the word, but like it just like goes away. Um, I don't think about it when I come home. I think I've just been doing it for so long. Like I've accepted, like I can only do what I can do during the day. It's not going to like I can't let it impact my life because if I'm not in a good space, then I won't be in a good space to help everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm good about just shutting it off. Unless it like the, unless it's a it has to do with suicide, then like that's like the one thing for me where I'm always on edge and I'll think about it and think about it when I come home, just because it's so delicate. But other than that, I'm good about shutting it off. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any like policy? I I saw a couple policies come up, but I think it was dealing. Uh, cause there's a couple of policies coming up with social work, but when I read into it, it was dealing with something specifically, I think talking about like trying to make more, uh, social workers, like the requirement for the master's program, but is there any policies specifically with DC public schools towards the children that you believe are particularly effective in helping students, anything like that? Yeah. Like any initiatives, anything like trying to help promote, like, uh, I don't know what states it is, but like free lunch, like would free Mm -hmm. lunch go a long way, like for all the kids or 
maybe ex- like free extended care early day, not daycare, but you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Is there anything that you think would have a huge boost that you would see like if funding was pushed toward it for DC, at least for the I school system? Tutoring services would be amazing. Um, and maybe my school, for example, they don't have so many extracurriculars, mm-hmm. active ex- ex- um, extracurricular curricular activities. So that would be nice, but um, yeah, we only have like maybe two sports a semester and very limited. So the kids, you know, it, it's nice to be able to do stuff after school and, and help the kids feel good about or find what they're good at. Um, yeah. Okay. So a big thing that I feel like anyone our age has kind of slowly picked up and probably everyone since the dawn of time but you've been doing this for like 10 12 years what are what are some of the big takes from it that you had to learn the hard way like like just take 10 seconds take a breath or that like maybe just like you said one of the things I, I've already learned from you which I I not learned but heard from you is that like there's no really bad kid like what, what's, what's a big take that you've had in the last 10 or 12 years that you learned? It's never about me. So, and when, you know, there's chaos crisis going on, like it's never personal. And I think that that's maybe why I'm able to also shut it off or like, just, you know, move on from things so quickly when I come home, but it's never about me when someone's having a bad day, when someone is uh, yelling, cursing me out, throwing stuff, it's never about something I did necessarily. It's their own background, their trauma. Um, And that helps me stay cool in the moment because I'm, you know, I'm, I feel very present mm-hmm. and I always, I firmly believe everyone means well. And so, like I said, you know, earlier where no child is a bad child. I, mm-hmm. I never, even my toughest ones, like even like the one I mentioned earlier, there were days where I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do it. I can't do it anymore. But knowing that maybe I could make a difference and be that change and like that support for that child definitely keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Did I answer so, your question? <laughs> no, it does. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm in and out of my train of thought. Cause when you were talking, I was thinking, ha- have you ever had, have you had any really bad interactions with parents trying to like talk to them, have like conferences where it's just like, it's different when a child is screaming at you, but when a grown adult is yelling at you, Mm-hmm. In that case, do you still try to not take it personally? Because yeah. you're with this kid, like maybe even close to as much time as the adult is. Yeah. And I don't know. It, has that happened? I assume yes. I, you know, I haven't been cursed out by a parent. I'm very soft in my approach um, and gentle. And I come from a place of curiosity. I really try to like ask a lot of questions rather than assert my judgment or like provide my recommendation or even to have recommendations that I'm like trying to drop here and there. Mm-hmm. So it's, I really try and get to know the parent and 
just be curious, like, tell me, like, what, you know, how is he at home? Or have you seen this behavior? If you have, like, what do you do? How can you help us? Right. And come Mm -hmm. like, we are a team. I always say that, like, we are here to work together. I am on your team. Let me know how I can, you know, help. Um, And again, it's also if a parent is having a strong reaction, again, it's not me. It's me. Something's going on. (laughs) So I have a funny a funny uh, question to ask you how, and I'm pulling the microphone down just so my question gets across. <laughs> have you ever used your nomenclature or choice of words that you use in work with Jonas when you get home? No, 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 no. I really, tr- I try not to No, <laughs> you know, the other day I was saying, it was dropping the word, you know, everyone's using gaslight nowadays, gaslighting. And he was like, Oh, stop. You're just using your therapy words. So like, I'm sure it's annoying. Like no one wants to be talked at. Like, not that I'm not being genuine when I'm with other people, but like, it's like a, it's a switch. And I don't want my partner Jonas, you know, to feel like I'm therapizing whatever he's yeah. doing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cause Carol, will, she, she won't like treat me like a child, but she'll use the same like guys, like buddy, like, like yeah. the same word she would use for a, a group of her uh, students. and. I'm like, I'm, I'm your, I'm your partner. I'm not a, I'm not your buddy. Well, I am your buddy, but I'm more than your buddy. But still, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just funny. I, I don't take any offense to it. I just think it's funny. And I'm like, I have to correct you because if you think of me as like your buddy, then I'm your roommate, not your uh, yeah. husband. And another yeah. thing I try to be very careful with is, you know, diagnosing anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I will, you will rarely hear me talk about like, oh, maybe you have anxiety. No, no. Even if I might think it in my brain, like I would never say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it makes sense. Like you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to put that on, on someone and yeah. Okay. My last question. What is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to your kids or the next generation? And what's something maybe new you would do or maybe uh, something that you would kind of steer from that your parents did? Yeah, so what I hope to pass on is the gift of language. So I know Spanish because my parents uh, only spoke Spanish when I was growing up. I learned English at school. And so speaking Spanish has been the greatest gift for me in I enjoy being able to give back to my community and I'm able to do that because I can connect with them through language. And so my goal, who knows what it will, you know, what it will turn out to be, but my goal is to only speak Spanish to my child. Um, We'll see how it goes because I'm fluent, but I don't, I don't really, you know, I can speak Spanish every day at home a little bit. Yeah. I know Jonas speaks it. Does he speak Uh it well? Yes, he does. And I think it could be beneficial for him too, because then he'll practice and feel more comfortable. He speaks very well. Um, So it's definitely possible, you know, like he'll understand me. I don't have to keep flipping back and forth. Um, So hopefully. Yeah, maybe, maybe your son or daughter will mispronounce watermelon. I think that's right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Another thing. Yeah. Another thing that I do hope to pass on is uh, family, the importance of family. My my dad is one of 11. And so we have a big 
family and we hang out often. I grew up with a bunch of cousins and it was beautiful. And so, and Jonas is very close to his family too. And that's what I enjoy about us, you know, like being able to share that with one another. And so I hope to keep that strong connection with my kids and family, future family. And obviously you, you said 11, right? Let me just okay, just and that's one family. That's like one woman, one grandma, one grandfather. Okay, that's yeah, that's that's like that's like TikTok worthy. You know what I mean? Like eleven kids, and then they have the picture, and then they have it like sloped down with the age differences. That's a lot. Obviously, I know it's a different time, but that's crazy. Yeah, they they lived on a farm, so a farm family. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's usually what it's like. It's either. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to stereotype, but Mormon, mm -hmm. uh, farm workers, uh, Catholic, uh, Italian, mm -hmm. Irish. And that's that's usually like how it goes. Like you won't see. I, I've never seen anything out of that 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 bulb right there. Like. <laughs> unless you were trying to go for a reality show. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything you'd want to do differently? Um... Or new new differently I think I don't think it's like anything crazy but maybe more emphasis on academics in school mm -hmm. my parents always so they you know I mentioned this earlier they didn't go to college um but they always it was always an expectation like you're going <laughs> um but there was not so much like a emphasis at home where it's like you need to study so you can get there you know or even just joining extracurriculars like I I think it's beautiful to be able to do something like have a hobby or something be good at like Jonas has soccer and all of you know all of people in network you meet through that and I think it's so cool I don't have anything necessarily um and so probably pushing a sport or something you have to do some extracurricular and then sitting down and studying like having that practice i think is really important yeah no that's great mm -hmm. man you don't have anything you don't you, what about uh crocheting or uh i don't know scrapbooking no 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 i mean now i I like to, yeah, well, yeah, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, now I'll I'll work out. But that's about it. Okay, I don't know if that's a hobby, but I do enjoy. Running. That's definitely a hobby. That's, well, it's a hobby. Uh, yeah, it's debatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for taking your free time out of your lovely night with your lovely husband. Mm -hmm. No, he said hi, by the way. <laughs> is he in the room? No, he's out. Of course he is. Probably 30 minutes late to whatever meeting he had to go to. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> uh, uh, well, thank you again. And tell yeah, Jonas I said you. hello as well. You don't need to tell me thank you. You're doing me a huge <laughs> favor. Uh, but yeah, and uh, have a good night. Thank you. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts. 
so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.